When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. Welcome back, Keith. It's good to be back. Uh, you know, mutating back into a baby wasn't that fun, I gotta admit. Um, yeah, it was uh, It was, it was kind of weird finding you, you know, yeah. wallowing, you admit, though, wallowing like, in a diaper. I, I was a cute little kid, though. Like, I've, I've grown into a boorish and an uncharming man, but I was a very adorable. You were a child. cute kid. You were a cute yeah. baby. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. give you that. <laughs> just, just not nearly as funny, you know. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, baby, baby Keith's got to work on his timing. He does. <laughs> does. <laughs> now, yeah. uh, glad you are back. Good to be back, and I, I listened to the last episode. You guys did a really good job. I, I appreciate. Did we convey your opinions. your opinion correctly? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we didn't do your comments justice. Not gonna lie. Oh no, you were fine. I, like I was I was a little disappointed that y'all didn't talk about how the book starts with the turtles in like diapers. But oh yeah, <laughs> I okay. But that was weird. That was part of what I was talking about, like how it felt like they were a lot younger. Yeah, like you're you're right. Like they were in diapers at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think you're supposed to be more like loincloths type idea. I think that's going. Oh yeah, there. definitely. But it just it just that hmm, that was a that was a trilogy. And I totally forgot that Rick Veach uh, wrote Swamp Thing. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of was like the main run after Alan Moore yeah. went off it. Well, that's last week's episode. Let's talk about this week. What do we got this week, Spencer? This week, top 10 supervillains that don't have the letter R in their name. Top 10 Turtles villains. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> don't have the letter R in their name? Bebop, right there. Bebop. Agent Bishop. I knew you were going to say Agent Bishop. Um, Bloodsucker. Big, big Mama. Big Mama. Um, it's actually harder than you think it is. Meet, yeah, hang on. <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. So we got... Uh, okay, so we got Bebop, uh, Agent Bishop. So two. Uh, slash. Slash. Null. Null. Uh, uh, Kavaxis. Kavaxis. Yeah. Uh, big Mama. One. Big Mama. Uh, so we're at. I think we're at eight right now. Uh, well, I'm at six. Oh, you're at six. Okay. I'd... Bishop, Bishop slash Bebop. <laughs> Why do I get to three and I just my brain shuts Fun. off? Bishop uh, Bebop slash Big Mama, uh, Meat Sweats. Uh, you said Cavaxis, Null. So that's uh, seven. Yep. Uh, Maligna, that's eight. It's from Archie. That's a that's a pull. Hey, have you pulled yeah. Hun yet? Hun. Hun. So Hun. we go nine. Uh, 
Old Hob. Old Hob. Boom. Boom. Ten. Ten. Well, you know, we, we listed ten. <laughs> we, we got got it in one. Got it in one shot. Yeah. I got all the way to foot soldier. Oh wait. <laughs> foot soldier. <laughs> you know, you're just like shredder. Uh, nope. Krang. Nope. Yeah. Um, I was gonna no, I was gonna say Stockman. Oh, Baxter. Baxter yeah, Stockman. Yeah, I did yeah. the same. Anyway, what are this episode is actually about? <laughs> <laughs> Episodes 13, 14, and 15 of season three of the 1987 series. Yeah, so that's the ninjas sort of nowhere. 20,000 leaks under the city. And take me to your leader. We didn't even practice that. That wasn't even planned. I know. That, was, right. that, was, that, that just felt natural. Chemistry. Good job, everybody. <laughs> All right, so let's tell a story. And now we've ruined it. And now we've ruined it. <laughs> All right, let's tell a story. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. So, first one, Ninja Sword of Nowhere. And no begins, relation, I'm sure. Probably not. Or maybe <laughs> maybe they're brothers. Maybe they're like the Escorsa brothers, but yeah, writing episodes of cartoons. I don't know. Either way, this episode begins with Krang's sensors picking up an alien metal that will help him conquer the universe. So he sends Shredder and Bebop and Rocksteady to go get it with an alien metal detector. The turtles need to get Splinter a present for National Sensei Appreciation Day or some sort of Sensei Appreciation Day. They, they come up on you. Uh, it says that they go to the pawn shop and they find a ninja sword there and they purchase it. And they leave. But shortly after they leave, Shredder shows up and learns that it was bought. So he follows this metal with his metal detector. And he follows the turtles and they end up getting in a fight. And hey, he actually like fights them and he actually wins this time. Surprise. He gets the sword and goes to strike Leo. But uh, when he does, when he swipes with it, it opens a portal to another dimension that he ends up getting pushed into. Shortly afterward, when Bebop and Rocksteady show up at the Technodrome to tell Krang what happened, Shredder shows up uh, through another portal that he has cut open. Krang explains that this metal show, uh, allows ships to travel through dimensions and that it was like left on here by aliens a long time ago and was, must have been turned into a sword. So Shredder learns that when he swipes with this sword, he goes into a void dimension, a, a nowhere limbo, and then he can swipe and leave it. So, the turtles report to Splinter what happened, and uh, they decide that they must stop what uh, stop Shredder from keeping this sword before they can uh, possibly come up with a plan. But they first, for their plan, need to call April. So they call April, and she helps them create a fake broadcast in the sewers to lure Shredder to them. Shredder shows up, the turtles activate their trap, but it backfires, and Shredder kidnaps Splinter to the nowhere dimension. He leaves the sensei there and says the turtles must surrender if they want Splinter to be set free. So the turtles now make a new plan. They broadcast their location again, but this time in a junkyard and with the Channel 6 equipment. When Shredder shows up, they trap him with a giant magnet. Then an alien spaceship shows up and uh, aliens come out and they take the sword. The turtles still need the sword to get their sensei back, but the aliens aren't very compliant. They go back into their ship and they're going to be taking off. And so they throw a grappling hook onto it and hang onto the rope. The ship opens up a giant portal in the sky that goes through the limbo dimension, apparently, because 
Splinter now sees the ship coming through here and says that he senses the turtle's hand in this. He notices the rope hanging from it and jumps onto it and slides down to the gang and everyone falls off the rope and safely lands on the ground somehow. And Splinter uh, and everyone uh, ends up being able to go home after Shredder runs off. The end. Absolutely riveting. Yeah. Our next episode, 20,000 Leaks Under the City, written by Bob Schooley and Mark McCorkle. Krang drills a massive hose up into the ocean, which he reveals to Shredder is actually part of his super pump. He plans to use it to drain water from the ocean and flood the New York sewers with it to presumably kill the turtles in the process. Elsewhere, Donatello is showing Michelangelo his new turtle tube sewer thing he's created, which is a motorized raft. Later on, he discovers seismic activity from the Earth's core, meaning that Shredder and Krang are up to no good. Over at Channel 6, Byrne is lamenting his hatred for birthdays, partly because he's turning 50, I mean 30-something. Despite his prostinations, April, Vernon, and Irma uh, drag him to get a salad from a seafood restaurant across the street. On the surface, Shredder is awaiting uh, Bebop and Rocksteady, uh, where Krang asks Shredder what's taking them so long. Shredder tells Krang to be patient because they are not exactly rocket scientists. Rocksteady and Bebop try to think of what boat they could swipe before Bebop decides red is his favorite color, so they're going to take the red one. Rocksteady and Bebop ride the boat uncontrollably down the streets and the flooded streets of New York and immediately crash into a hot dog stand, a fruit stand, and then a garbage truck before knocking Shredder into a mud puddle. Rocksteady says that they hit some traffic along the way. Krang tells Shredder that his mutants could use a bath and then he activates the super pump, which is in critical danger of overloading if not used immediately. Turtles are finishing a meal in their lair when the sewer is flooded, sweeping them all out into the tunnels outside where Splinter is nearly sent over a high waterfall. He begins to say his goodbyes to the turtles as he presumes his own death before Michelangelo fashions a surfboard and saves him. The turtles safely make it out of the sewers where Leonardo knew that this was Shredder's doing all along. Unfortunately, Krang's super pump is malfunctioning now, and he's unable to stop it from sucking up the entire ocean floor and flooding New York City with it. In a matter of minutes, the streets are flooded in several feet of water, and April rows a boat-shaped salad bar out of the restaurant that she was in in search of a story, but is surrounded by a huge shark. Donatello rushes out of the new amphibious turtle van that he just happened to make modifications to to help out with the situation. After rescuing April from the shark attack, the turtles encounter Shredder, who orders Rocksteady to throw a grenade at them. Fortunately, Donatello sends the grenade back at them on the salad bar boat, and it explodes with an angered Shredder. Down in the ocean, a giant squid makes its way up into the super, super, uh, in, up into the super pump. That is hard to say. Krang is horrified by the ongoing malfunctions, but he decides he's going to use the squid to teach the turtles a lesson. As the squid goes up onto the surface, Shredder uses a brainwave neutralizer to put the creature under his control. A massive tidal wave sweeps over the turtles, uh, sweeps the turtles over to where Shredder and the squid are. And as the turtles are preparing to attack, they catch sight of the squid, which grabs each of them off of the turtle van and starts juggling them in the air. April rams Shredder's boat with the turtle van, causing him to lose the remote control for the squid. Donatello catches it and uses the device to make the squid put them down safely and then to attack Shredder. Unfortunately, Michelangelo twiddles with the buttons and releases the villains. 
Donatello frees a squid by knocking mind control device off of its head and it swims back into the ocean. Meanwhile, the super pump now gets stuck in reverse and drains the entire sea of its water, flooding the Technodrome instead. The end. Powerful storytelling. All right. So much going on. Next episode. Take Me to Your Leader. This is season three, episode 15. Originally aired October 13th, 1989. I looked it up. This is a Friday the 13th in October, back in 1989. Nice. This was written by David Wise. So this episode starts with Shredder and then Technodrome. He's going on and on about ridding the world of cheese danishes. The turtles bust through the wall and confront him. Leo doesn't have a plan for the battle, and the turtles are defeated by a Bebop and Rocksteady. Leo is put into a boiling pot, but the Shredder plans to make him in the turtle soup. Turns out uh, it's all just a dream, though. Everybody's fine. Leo wakes up, but his confidence is shaken. He explains to Donatello what happened during the training session, uh, but he winds up hurting himself in the confusion with a practice sword. Hits himself right in the head. Leo thinks his sudden indecisiveness will make him a bad leader and leaves the turtles. Meanwhile, Shredder and Krang are stealing the sun's energy, making the sun smaller and causing a new ice age in New York. They've commandeered the top level of the Mile High building, using a guard robot to keep the police out. Raph has elected the leader of the group in a game of spin the pizza, and they decide to go look around the snowy city to see what's going on when they're ambushed by a polar bear. Mike is able to distract the polar bear with some frozen fish, and Raph resigns as leader. Donizen made the leader since he has a device that can track the source of the sun energy stealing device thingamajig, but he's an overthinker and spends a lot of time calculating the trajectory of the signal instead of just heading east like the device says. They track the signal to the schoolhouse, uh, to a schoolhouse bell tower, where Don finds a device designed to trick his tracking device. Also, that tricking device is a bomb. Uh, Mike cuts the bell down from the tower, which crashes through the floor Don throws the bomb down after it. The school is destroyed, but so is Don's energy tracker. He runs back to the lair to grab another energy tracker, leaving Mike as the leader. Uh, we cut to Leo, who's about to cross a bridge before being stopped by the bridge attendant because there's now so much snow on the bridge, the bridge is collapsing. He comments that everyone complains about the weather, but no one ever does anything about it, prompting Leo to realize that he's been only focusing on his own problems while the whole world is in danger. He meets up with Mike and Raph, who have made their way to the Mile High Tower and are being attacked by the guard robot that Krang and Shredder left. Leo destroys it as Don shows up. The turtles make their way to the top of the tower and reverse the polarity of the energy, of the energy draining machine, putting the sun back to normal. The bad guys leap off the building and parachute down to the mutant module where they escape. Back in the sewer, Splinter asks the turtles what they've learned. Leo's learned not to give in to his doubts. Don learned to trust his instincts instead of his machines. Raph learned it's easier to make wisecrafts than decisions. And Mike learned to stick to what you do best, which in his case is eating pizza. The end. Same Michelangelo. I will also stick with what I can do best. Typical Michelangelo. Right. Afraid of the unknown. He used to <laughs> eat pizza all the time. He used to eat pizza all the time. Who is that guy? I've never I figured know. that out. I don't know. I've wanted, I mean, I've already told you guys this, but I haven't told the listeners that I've always wanted to make a meme with that Michelangelo. He used to eat pizza all the time, guy from the Totally Turtles channel commercial. Yeah. yeah. And like, I've always wanted to just like, spoilers for the last round in here, 
you know, old spoilers. <laughs> Michelangelo is the last Ronin. So I just kind of wanted to like make a meme that was like when people learn that Michelangelo is the last Ronin and then have that go with Michelangelo. He used to eat pizza all the time. I will say I was watching that that Pluto TV Totally Turtles channel today and I didn't hear that commercial. I think it's finally been phased out. Yeah, it's been phased out for I think for a while now. Okay, cool. So shall we go back over these the second time around? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, nice junk. All right, so... Something that's just shown uh, how much the show has aged is that in the futuristic advanced technology, the Technodrome, the Shredder put a VHS tape <laughs> into a component. That's like a, it's like the trope of how so many like world-saving compute computer systems and like robot intelligences are stored on like a seven-inch floppy. Yeah, like, it's <laughs> that's that's such a thing in cartoons at this in this era yeah i don't it just made me laugh i just like see shredder just like pick up this vhs tape and just like shove it in a component in the technodrome <laughs> like, well, like yeah. they did it they did it back in uh the rex the rex one episode new york shiniest ah. uh like donatello reprograms rex one using vhs tapes right and rex yeah. one is able to read them <laughs> yeah and so, learn from them yeah yeah and learn from them so like <laughs> like it's all designed. they had though like the idea of a usb was so far away like they had no idea yeah exactly. it'd be like asking a caveman to use a vhs you know like that's the equivalent so. fair enough i just I found did, it funny did everyone oh, else i mean it notice, definitely is did everyone else notice that raf's voice was different in this episode oh yeah so, uh, i was gonna bring that up so uh it's also in twenty thousand leaks under the city um so Raph is not played by Rob Paulson in that in uh, the Ninja Sword from Nowhere, and in Twenty Thousand Leaks, Donatello is not played by Barry Gordon. Yeah. So who are they played by then? Do you guys know? Uh, in Ninja Sword, it is Tom Pinto, and who I don't recognize, um, but Donatello is played by Greg Berg, who is um, kind of Barry Gordon's alternate for. Uh, Donatello and, and Bebop. Yeah, Barry Gordon. I mean, I Greg Berg. Greg Berg is also, you know, another very prominent voice actor. Yeah, and I know Barry Gordon leaves quite a bit because I think he was the president of the Screen Actors Guild. He so, was. Like, he had other. He was. Other stuff uh, yeah, going Barry on. Gordon was very busy around this time. Barry Gordon's a very fascinating individual. Like, mm-hmm. he, just a hell of a career. Um, so he barry gordon will drop out of the series the series from time to time and i think by the end of the show he's gone oh really yeah i think it's like season six or seven he's uh he's he's gone from the show hmm. could you imagine being one of these like replacement voice guys and going on a date and being being like so what, what are you doing and having to say like oh i'm an understudy for the ninja turtles yeah and then have people <laughs> at the time be like what's a ninja turtle yeah <laughs> what's an understudy uh but no i i it it stuck me right away like with the rob with tom pinto doing trying to do rob paulson's raft but like it kept coming out like three stooges like mo mm-hmm. oh yeah it doesn't sound anything like rob it doesn't paulson. sound like it it does i can hear i can hear what he's trying to go for but it's yeah you're right it, it doesn't sound like raf is rob yeah um 
did you guys notice in the uh, pawn shop where they try to go originally buy the sword, there is a shield that looks like Captain America's? I missed that. It's oh, man. On, it's on the top shelf um, on like the right hand side and the colors are inverted. So like the star is red and the red and the shield is like mostly white. There's there's more than that, too. So like on the top row, there's a target with a green arrow in it. So oh, green didn't arrow. See, didn't see that. Then there's yeah, Captain America's shield. There's a bat signal. Didn't uh, see that. There is a Green Lantern, what? and and there is Thor's helmet, and under that possibly his hammer. It looks like some sort of mallet under that. So huh. if you pause that scene, there's a bunch of superhero antiques up there. That is a hell of a pawn shop. Yeah, this guy's and running. It also has an alien metal sword in it. So that guy's making bank probably that i can understand but like captain america's mighty shield yeah, I mean, that can... guy's got solid vibranium in there and a green lantern and yeah that's kind of that's kind of weird because like around this time this is like after the captain america sh- uh, movies for tv and like thor was on incredible hulk but like thor and captain america weren't household names so to kind of sneak them into this cartoon like that's that's weird yeah and these are 1989 episodes i think this is i think this is around the time batman came out but like this this episode would have been animated long before the movie had come out so mm-hmm. like that hype wasn't there yet some background artists just knew their stuff enough to put it all apparently all yeah they must have just there. been sneaking them in it's a heck of a shot. I'll, I'll try and post it up on Instagram because yeah. there's a bunch of stuff in that just right behind the display case. Yeah, that's way cool. I didn't even notice that. I'll have to actually go back and look at that scene. <clears throat> I think that's the first time I've ever said that about this series. <laughs> <laughs> we also uh, we have another first in this episode. I believe this is the first time at the very end the turtles fall back to the ground and Michelangelo is in his shell. Oh yeah, I think this is the first I, yep. time we've seen that. Turtlepedia lists that as the first time that has happened. Oh, awesome. Thanks, Turtlepedia. Is this also the first time we've had different voices? Yeah. Uh, I think so. It's the first. Oh, no, because we've had a different voice for Krang in one of the episodes, didn't we? We had a different voice for Krang. We we had a different voice for Shredder. But but not for the turtles. But not for the turtles yet. Gotcha. And this is also, in this episode, it was like the first time in a long time we actually see the Shredder like, sword fight i mean granted it's with a gutter pipe that he pulls off of a, yeah. a thing but he actually crosses swords with leo even if it's not the most epic sword fight in the whole world yeah he didn't just run away at the sight of the turtles yeah like this is the first time in like a while <laughs> that he hasn't just ran away and that he actually like fights them yeah i was like oh wow i was kind of like surprised i kind of like sat up and then i just watched shredder just do the same strike over and over again with this pipe at Leo's sword and best him. And I was like, oh, well, at least they did something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the two-handed overhand downward strike is all he does. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the most epic fight, but it happened. There was at least a fight. It does for- happen, yeah. 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 I, just, I brought it up. It cracked me up when Splinter like immediately, like when he's about to go over the waterfall, he just immediately like farewell turtles, just immediately gives up 
trying to fight for his life. Just like, I'm so sick of being a rat. I'm just sick of this. <laughs> Living in the sewers. I'm just right. going to accept my I fate. Can't do it anymore. <laughs> also, Michelangelo's mutation must already be progressing because he holds Splinter in one arm and then holds on to the ladder with the other with his brothers hanging from his feet. I'm just saying that that's he's like definitely something. the strongest turtle at this point. Yeah, yep. he's definitely the strongest turtle. Well, if you remember in like the second episode, he he beat down like several giant metal robots with wooden sticks. Like he's crazy monster strong. Yeah. So. Also, was this the first time they call the turtle van the turtle van? Like, yeah, by that van. exact name. Yes. Yeah. I didn't notice that. They never call it the party wagon. Uh-huh. That was that was a toy name. Um, but yeah, this is the first time they actually say like the turtle van, I think. Yeah. Like they actually call it by a name. Hmm. And it's like Shredder who says it. No, I think it's Leo. I mean, the tr- Shredder might say it, but I know that Leo for sure. Cause I've ever written in my notes that Leo calls it the turtle van. He tells like Donnie to get the turtle van or something. Like oh, that. okay. Interesting. Yeah. I was like, I don't think they've actually said it by name before. Cause I- I've seen people like debate about it online about what it's actually called because they never like call it by name like you know they don't call it by name in the cartoon for no i mean time, they, they do it's i mean yeah it takes this long to really do it but yeah. it but they specifically call it the turtle van in the show and then the toy line was specifically the party uh, wagon the party wagon okay and i like i like turtle van so much better than party, party, wagon. party wagon works it just doesn't work for this version like i i firmly am on the camp of you know, it works for the toy, like mm-hmm. because the toy has a specific like look to it. But but this looks like it, it looks too serious to be called a party wagon. It doesn't have foot stinks written on the side. Mm-hmm. I guess every time I've been in a party wagon, like when you open the door, a couple cans fall out, and I don't <laughs> feel like this is the car that does that. So. Exactly. <laughs> but the toy version, yeah, I can see that. Don't drink and shoot lasers, kids. Don't definitely right. don't do that. Yeah. Also, those little diving suits that they have, like that they just have I Vernon. They just have Vernon like put on and jump in the water in. Yeah. Are like super dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Like those well, things, like if you if you like lose the helmet at all, like they're very dangerous to use. <laughs> Well, it's like it's like one of those old timey dome helmet ones. Yeah, yeah. And they pulled it off the top of like the decorations of a restaurant. Like, yeah. there's no way that thing is watertight, right? There's nothing <laughs> that thing is actually real. Yeah, <laughs> there's that too. But they're also just super dangerous to use. I'm just, I just want to put that out there that they just like put Vernon in this like suit that can like if it malfunctions at all. Your he lungs are die. coming out through your <laughs> through your yeah. mouth, you know. Like, he could die violently. <laughs> violently. Yeah, I don't I mean I can't remember the full total effects, but I just know for sure that it's incredibly dangerous. They're like, you know, supposed to be very dangerous to use. So it's just funny that they threw him in it and immediately had him down in the water doing stuff. <laughs> Untrained, untested. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. So what do we notice for Take Me to Your Leader? Um, I mean, Shredder had a different voice in this one, didn't he? 
He sounded it sounded like it to me. I, I could thought be wrong. so, but it doesn't list. It, it still lists uh, James Avery as Shredder. So okay. I don't think so. I, I because there's there's been a couple episodes where I'm like, is that him? Because it he just, just sounds off. Yeah, maybe he was just battling a cold at the time or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's but, tough too because like the guy who replaces him sometimes does sound like James Avery battling a co- a cold. So <laughs> I mean, you're not far off. <laughs> I didn't have a whole lot for this episode except I noticed. I'm sure this has happened before, but I remember back in like episode one or two of the entire series, the turtles slept in a giant bunk bed, and this one when Leo wakes up, he's in his own room. They all have they their, all, own, they all their own rooms. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's happened before, but this is the first time I like noticed it. Yeah, I think I think you know Donnie was just bored one day. There was some low uh, shredder think, activity, and so he knocked out a couple walls. And... Yeah, I think it, I think it goes back and forth. Like sometimes it's the bunk bed, sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and the other thing is like I feel like each of these episodes as we watched them, like they progressively, at least as I watched them, got like more and more gag filled as it went on. Like each one felt like it had like more and more jokes in it as the episodes went on. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Like these are, these are pretty gag heavy ones. Mm-hmm. I'm going to trust you on that one. Cause as the shows went on, I, I got more and more bored, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Which I think that is a perfect time to segue into anchovies. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I call legend low. So first off, why do they call it a ninja sword? Like call the dang thing a katana or like... And because it's the alliteration. Besides ninja it's, it's sword. The, it's the alliteration and also like... Okay, the, yeah, there's, there's the, the name is... Sword, the ninja sword of nowhere is a cool title. It, it is I a cool title for the I show. It is a cool title for the show, yes. Like, if they want to call the, the show that for the alliteration, like the episode, go ahead. Like, in the show, for the whole show, they call it a ninja sword. Yeah, but oh. you got to remember, we're st- <laughs> we were stupid kids back then. Yeah, but, you know, when they call something a katana, you then know as a kid, like, oh, okay, it's a katana. Well, no, because you know? but Leo has a katana. Like this was a ninja sword. This was yeah, something ex- exactly. This was different. <laughs> and like when you're a kid, there's like there's only ninja sword and knight sword. Like those are the only two. There's no broadsword, bastard sword, none of that stuff. It's ninja sword. Yeah, yeah. There's sword. no there's no wakizashi. There's no dachi. Yeah, it's I mean, ninja sword. You might have a pirate sword if you grew up like near a, a body of water, but otherwise, it's yeah. those two. Yeah, <laughs> like middle of the country, you're not getting a pirate sword. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's fair. Like, as a kid, I do remember specifically calling swords by who wielded them. You know, I didn't call a cutlass a cutlass. I called it a pirate sword. Yeah, know? I don't I don't think I ever said, you know, cutlass until, like, so far later in my life. Yeah. But, like, you can teach kids, though, like, with this stuff, right? Instead of, like, having them still continue to call it a ninja sword. I mean, yeah, but, but I mean, just, this isn't the cartoon that's going to the one to teach him oh the lesson the lesson in this episode was that metal or only iron is magnetic that's what shredder says that is what shredder says (laughs) yeah that's the lesson and we might have to introduce a new segment where we go through whatever the lesson of the episode was because every episode has some stupid little nugget of wisdom uh buried in it somewhere to say that it's educational 
if you if you keep an eye out for it. Hmm. Just kind of like how He Man had like, you know, him like walking up to the screen at the yeah. end and being like, "Remember, kids, don't do yeah. drugs. It's yeah. bad." Yep. The PSA. Off. Yeah. I was kind of. I'm always kind of surprised the turtles didn't have a PSA. Yeah, it was kind of kind of out of vogue why. at the time. They, they just kind of try and bury like. Well, because like cartoons after Turtles had them, like Sailor Moon had Sailor Says, Sonic Says, and the Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon. So I wonder, I wonder why. This kind of just tries to bury some education in it. Like they, every now and then when they pop out of a river, well, they, they'll talk about they had to. That was is. that was an FDA. Yeah. That was an FDA th- or not FDA? Um, FCC. FCC. Um, because like they caught on that like he-man was basically a commercial for toys and they're like no 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 you gotta you gotta put some educational stuff in there so that's why like gi joe like famously has the now you know and knowing is half the battle yeah that's that's i mean i don't know i just think it's funny that there's literally someone that's out there that's just like you can't just make programming without a lesson being it yeah i mean but, but that was that was the thing is like you know, if, if they're going to, that's, that's what was actually funny about that whole FDA, uh, F, FCC thing. I don't want to keep saying FDA. Um, that's what's so funny about it is that they were like, no, 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 you can still make the cartoons about the toys and still make them toy commercials. You just literally have to have 30 seconds of educational content. And that's why there were so many that were stuck at the end. Cause it's like, then they could do their entire toy commercial and then like 30 seconds of very limited animation just be like don't do drugs kids yeah or pork chop sandwiches you know (laughs) (laughs) that's so weird yeah yeah it it really is just a but i don't know to me that's really weird but you know i grew up in the the era of edgy cartoons and like dubbing anime so yeah i don't (laughs) know that that's an anime (laughs) i don't know that that's a thing anymore like i don't know it's it's, it's not really yeah it's not really Mm -mm. No, I mean, it definitely wasn't while I was, I mean, like PBS kids, if you're like there, like, yeah, sure. You're going to have like a lesson in yeah. that, but, but, you know, watching like Teen Titans or like the 2003 Ninja Turtle series, like sure. There's some things you can like learn from it, I guess, while you watch it, but like, it never felt like the, anything I think else the difference is out of that, its way to teach a lesson. I think the difference is that they have to be like, if they're on network TV, they had to have that kind of stuff, hmm. but I don't know. Or, I also think there was something like network TV had to have X amount of hours of like children's educational programming. Yes. That was so that way they could use like, they could use Ninja Turtles and say, well, they talk about iron is magnetic. So that's educational, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so then that, that gives them a half hour, you know, that's why Saturday morning cartoons were a thing. It was, this is our time to do children's educational television. No, but they, educational but they television still, also but they still had things. Black, so. They still had things like, um, yeah, they still had like that was that's why like Bill Nye was such a huge thing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know how many people remember Beekman's World. You know? Man, I I I believe Beekman was the better of the two programs. Frankly, I will die on that hill. I <laughs> I'm going to be democratic about it and not give my opinion. <laughs> so I also I did, I did love Beekman's World though. I so. will say. Um, I found out much later in my life watching Bill Nye with my wife that I think my teacher used to show Bill Nye in school and fast forward through all the fun parts and only do the science parts. <laughs> so I think that's why I didn't like. Well, Bill I mean, with part. Bill Nye, all of it is the fun, the fun part. Fair. 
Wow, I can really tell why you guys like really latched on to like He-Man and Ninja Turtles and stuff. It's because <laughs> it didn't spend the whole time trying to teach you a lesson like everything else was. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, that's why right. I loved that's why I loved my Saturday morning cartoons. You know, it was just like, yeah, violence. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The lesson is that the power was inside you the whole time. Yeah, and all the friends we made along the way. Right. And pork chop sandwiches. So now I see why the why the toy commercial TV shows were so popular. There you yeah, go. Because the alternative was education. Yeah, it was that or Zabumafu. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they and that's why they didn't call it a katana. <laughs> that's why they didn't call it a katana. Oh, uh, what a tangent! I think I one. think ultimately, like all three of these episodes are pretty forgettable. Yeah. Um, which definitely, like Keith was saying, like these were very boring. Yeah, man, I was. I was with it for Ninja Sword of Nowhere because, like, Shredder gets a magic sword. That was the, the best of the three. Yeah. But then it, it was going so well. Like, they were using their wits to, to use the magnets. And I was like, oh, this will be perfect because it'll get the foot soldiers as well. Yada, yada, yada. I'm, I'm thinking ahead. And then the aliens show up out of nowhere and yep. just end the plot. And I was like, what? The? And you had even, me. And you not had even me. in like a, Yeah, not even in like a fun way, just kind of like, ah, we're taking it back. Yeah, be back in seven hundred years. Yeah, it was it was so stupid. I, I was like Shredder's trapped, or Splinter's trapped. Shredder's got a magic sword. Uh, everything about that, I, I love all that. And then they're just like, uh, it's been twenty one minutes. Put some aliens in this and wrap the plot up. You know, yeah, it was mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean that it's definitely the ending is just like a whole like type thing. But this is the one episode I actually do remember watching this episode from when I tried to watch through this show the first time. Mm. It was one of those shows that after I said Ninja sort of nowhere, I was like, oh yeah, this one. And it's because <laughs> this one actually for me is kind of memorable, at least. It's not the most boring. Yeah, say this episode for me, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, City. See, I'm doing it now too. It's basically just sky turtles, but with flooding. It's like, yeah, it's ex- nothing it's really the exact happens. Same episode. But it's like, oh God, it's flooding instead of, oh God, the gravity. You know, it's the same thing. Yeah. So, in this, we also literally watch Shredder get spanked by a squid. And I think right that, like, we can officially hand him the award for lamest Shredder at this point. Like, the oh, lamest he's had, Shredder. He's had that award. He, he's he's, <laughs> he's the, had it. But, but now he's like, the alumnus. Now his picture is on the actual trophy. It's, like, sculpted oh, yeah. after him. There is the... a wing named after this Shredder in the, lame hall, in the Hall of Lame. Yeah, like, like he, he is spanked by a squid in this episode. Like, I just feel like just, you can't get any more humiliating than that. <laughs> and, and it's like, again, I can't remember which episode, which episode of these three it was. I think it's this one where he's like, Haha, I can't believe I actually made a funny. Yeah, it's it was like, that's all one. you do. Yeah, all you do is make funnies. <laughs> You're constantly like the snarkiest person. Yeah, and then I go, when I when I told my wife about this scene, I was just like, yeah, he like you know like it's straight up the lamest. Like he gets wrapped up in tentacles and spanked, and then she asked me what kind of weird hentai I was watching. It's yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, popped in the wrong DVD, eh, Spencer? <laughs> or popped in the right one? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was one of those things where I was like, all right, if anyone had any doubts, 
about this shredder like being the lamest or not this officially puts him there absolutely i like i genuinely no debate now i genuinely can't believe anybody that says that they think that this shredder is a badass yeah i like i genuinely cannot believe it like you can he can be your favorite shredder because he's campy as hell and he is fun but saying like this shredder is a badass like i i can't believe you're actually serious yeah yeah agree 100 <laughs> percent. so i did already mention earlier that we do actually get you know some some action in these episodes oh never mind uh, that's about ninja sort of nowhere this is about this one this one <laughs> this one does have action but none of it's like particularly exciting like there's nothing exciting about any of the action Oh yeah, it's like Sky Turtles again, right? Like there is yeah. act, like things happen, but to what end, and yeah, for why? It's just not exciting. Like there's nothing about it that makes me go like, "Oh boy, this is cool." Like there's nothing like that in this at all. All right, so take me to your leader. Yeah, man, how come every time the weather changes in New York, a bunch of wild animals show up? <laughs> because they always show up in the zoo. I yeah I guess but like how the how the polar bear get out why why when it floods is there immediately a giant squid like yeah yeah it's because they just want to bring animals and creatures from this thing because it's pretty much just like what if we put the turtles in the ocean but instead of putting them in the ocean we'll bring the ocean to New York what if the turtles were in the Arctic but instead of putting them in the Arctic we'll bring the Arctic to New York. Right. You know, like that's kind of how their adventures work. That's uh, true. The the farthest they've traveled so far is Niagara Falls. I'm surprised it didn't bring the waterfall to Times Square. Yeah. <laughs> they did go to the center of the earth. Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah. They went to the <laughs> dinosaur land. That's true. Yeah. But not not before they brought dinosaurs to New York City. But I was thinking about this afterward. Like, do you remember how they got there? They took their blimp. They, they took their blimp underground. Underground, yeah. <laughs> What? <laughs> anyway, we're not talking about the, like, that episode. We're talking about what I one. what I really didn't like about this was the beginning of the episode, where it, like it starts off like they're already they're like it's already at the end of like Shredder's plan, mm-hmm. you know, and like yeah. the turtles show up, and then Leo like all of a sudden starts having indecision. And then he starts talking about his dream. And it's like, at that point, we don't even know what dream he's talking about. Yeah. It, it was one of those things where I was watching this dream where I was just like, oh, this is where the Turtles Forever's Turtles came from. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. like anybody that anybody that says that, you know, <laughs> that Turtles Forever did these turtles dirty you need to rewatch the show because th- that is accurate. I mean, kind of. I feel like they're accurate to the overall tone of the show itself. I can but literally, I it is the same picture. Did they get beat by a net made of pizza dough at one point? Like, they're not, I don't not the doubt best it. superheroes. So. <laughs> but yeah, in this one, in Leo's dream sequence, Donatello gets beaten by Bebop's spaghetti dinner. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was really confused starting this off because I was like, "Did I skip a scene?" Or it, it felt. It felt yeah. like. It felt like it was in the middle of an episode. Like, 
I um, like I have these all digitally, like I ripped them from my DVDs a long time ago. And so like I'm watching it on my phone and I felt like I felt like the rip went wrong. No. And so like I thought I was like at the end of the episode and I was like, what the hell? I also just feel like Leo's story, like it's an interesting story, right? Like the leader doubting his skills. Like that's a yeah, it's, no, that's it's a not, story for it's all not ages. Bad. It just kind of comes out of nowhere and is resolved basically off screen by Leo just being like, Oh, I'm being selfish. Yeah. It, he had like one bad dream. That's my problem. Yeah, it's it's like you ever have that dream of drowning? You're not immediately like, oh, I can never swim again. You know, it, it was completely out of the blue. And just little did you know, Keith, my long, long standing childhood fear of swimming is from a nightmare I had about drowning. <laughs> really? Man, no, I'm that's, just kidding. that's tough. <laughs> I'm just a really poor swimmer. I'm, I'm dense like a chimpanzee, so I don't float. I uh-huh. sink right to the bottom. I understand the mechanics of it, and I can do the mechanics. It's just the actual propulsion through the water that doesn't work for me <laughs> yeah i just i i just i didn't like how this opened it it was it was kind of disorienting yeah because if it felt like i've already missed a lot yeah and then there's a the whole weird scene where like leo is doubting his like his like has his faltering confidence and so he tries to fight with donatello and he just like he's just like standing there with his sword and then just like smacks himself in the face of it like, yeah. with his practice sword that's what happens in Pokemon when your onyx hurts itself in confusion. It just smacks <laughs> itself in the face over nothing. <laughs> over nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Leonardo just did that. And it was like, yeah. all right. Like, I get that he's doubting his confidence, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I was like, at least have them, like, fight and have him just, like, I don't know, be off his game and, like, fall over or something instead of just, like, standing there and just, like, whack, smacks himself in the face. Like, man. Have have Leo do anything, yeah, and then lose his confidence. Yeah. Like he he woke up, he was like, "Guys, I'm leaving forever." <laughs> no explanation. Yeah, <laughs> they just and let then, him go. And then like yeah, and then Splinter just lets him go. Yeah, because he and then like the metaphor he gives isn't like he even admits like oh, some things get lost in trans in translation, and it's like, well then keep explaining it because we yeah. don't get it. Yeah, and then the resolution is like. The guy's like, hey, stay off the bridge. It, yeah, it's literally like Leo just like, oh, I'm being selfish. And then he has to go back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bonkers. What a what a waste of a plot line. Yeah. And then like, yeah, Donatello, like he like expresses very much like that he does not want to be leader. And then, then Raph says immediate- like, okay, you're, <laughs> you're the leader now. And he's like, all right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, like, like, immediately is like, okay, finally, <laughs> now's my chance. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute, dude. This whole time you've been like, I don't want to be the leader. He's, he was gaslighting Raph the entire yeah. time. Like, he wanted yeah. Raph to prove that he's stupid. <laughs> yeah, he knew that he, even wanting it. It was reverse psychology the whole time. Donatello knew that if he claimed that he wanted to be leader, that Raph would immediately oppose it. Mm-hmm. So he just let yeah. Raph be leader until he didn't want to be leader anymore so that he could take over. That's it. <laughs> We're actually just seeing like incredibly intense reverse psychology being performed by the genius of the group. That's what's really going on. Also, they get trapped in the two-story school building because snow covers the door, not the windows or anything on the second floor. (laughs) Matt, can you explain to me why it was snowing inside the school? (laughs) 
Like every building they went into, the entire interior was covered in snow. Like what? What? <laughs> the whole thing didn't make any sense. Yeah, it, it was weird. Anyway, that's all I had. Sam, yeah, let's. We can keep beating this dead horse. Yeah, we can yeah. talk about the good stuff, right? Let's let let's yeah let's try and show some love to these. See if we can redeem it a little bit. I love being a turtle. Nope. <laughs> so Ninja Sword of Nowhere. Nope. No, Ninja Sword of Nowhere. Yeah, go ahead. I did like Splinter's quote. You know, I love I love dumb over the top ridiculous quotes. I love them. Splinter just saying, I have defeated you everywhere, Shredder. I can defeat you nowhere, too. That cool. was that was a good line. Yes. Yes. Like I said, this this was my favorite of the three episodes. Um because like I I did like the whole like you know limbo, the beyond the beyond, or like he, he kept calling it different things. Yeah. Um but it, I mean like the concept was cool. I just mm-hmm. kind of wish it was done i don't know i just i wish there was a little bit more to it like you wish it, the alien it, didn't li- show up at the end and steal the the plot device away yeah. so everything could reset yeah yeah I have to sit, like up and then the like, last three minutes and I was, then I was Splinter, splinter's like literally like oh i just patience is the key i'll just wait until they come back and it's like splinter's jumping around from like rock island to like floating rock island in the dimensional void like trying to get to shredder before he leaves mm-hmm. And like, if I was Shredder, I would just mess with, with Splinter at that point, <laughs> and I would just pop in because like you're not even it, it it doesn't even like really say that you you come in at the same point every time. Mm-hmm. So like Shredder could be like on this rock island, and then like two minutes later on the other side of the void. Yeah, and then Splinter's cool. got to run from each side. I wouldn't mind, you know. I could, I could have easily see this shredder just, you know, blowing a raspberry at him, and yeah. that's what I'm saying. If I was shredder, that is like 100 what I be, what I would be doing. Oh, he wears himself out. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but when they're looking to buy Splinter a gift, they they smash their piggy bank, but it's like a, a little, little baby bank. ninja turtle. Yeah. yeah, it's got a little bandana on it and everything. It's really that cute. Michelangelo apparently keeps sun dried tomatoes in. Yeah, that was that was strange. But but I did like I did like the callback to the joke when they're like when they're like, well, how much is something like that? And he's like, I don't know how much you got. And he's like, what? How can I interest you in some sun dried tomatoes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of great quotes in this episode, when uh, when Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady come up in the mutant module and they're like in the wrong spot. Shredder says, I think to Rocksteady, he says, that's the last time I let <laughs> to be on my to lap. Bebop. He's like, that's the last time I let you sit on my lap and drive. Gosh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what an incredible visual. <laughs> yeah. Well, does, does anyone know? Yeah, that was kind of it for Ninja Sword of Nowhere. Like, I yeah. like the idea. I just, I wish it, there was a little bit more to it. 20,000 leaks under the city. I got some good Vern in action, but ultimately... I got nothing. I, I nothing about this episode I really liked. Yeah, there were there were only two little details I liked. One that the neural neutralizer that they put on the squid is like a plunger with some LED lights on it, basically. It always is. Yeah. It's always yeah. a plunger. And then I love when the super pump is like overflowing and stuff, like all the foot soldiers just like have buckets and they're just like scooping water <laughs> yeah. and tossing it. It cracked me up. <laughs> 
I did. I mean, like I said, I did. I did like the turtle van, like getting its upgrade. I wish we got a toy of that because that would be cool. But c'est la vie. C'est la vie. What about yeah, you, Spence? Good. What'd you like about this episode? Squids are cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so on to take me to your leader, I guess. Uh, there's a really good quote in this episode. I forget who says, I think Raph is the one who starts it and, and finishes it. But for he's talking to, he says, uh, I get the feeling that Shredder is behind this. One of the other turtles says, what makes you say that? And Raph says, isn't he always? Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is this whole, this whole season, at least, in a nutshell. Yeah. Except for but that yeah, episode like we're with in, the we're in season th- We're in season three, and, like, everybody knows the joke. Yeah. Even yeah. the main characters know the joke. Yeah. Now, it's getting to that point where you've got the, the fourth wall breaking. I mean, it's already been happening a lot. Yeah. It happens, like, almost at least once an episode, I feel like. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I do like the idea of Leo having a faltering of confidence and, like, actually leaving... You know, I mean, granted, the reason may not have been that great, but I don't know. It, it produced an interesting concept that kind of did feel a little bit fresh. Uh, you know, having the turtles take turns being different leaders. Yeah, like uh, it, it was. Fail, you know? I liked. I liked that. Um, and this is like one of the first times that like Raph doesn't want to be leader. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because we always have Raph like fighting Leo and like trying to prove himself as you know the one to be the leader and it's like this ref like genuinely just doesn't want to do it mm. cool cool man i i feel really bad <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, uh, I actually i think this bad. is probably like the the weakest set of three episodes of this show we've watched so far. it feels like we say that every week i know honest. but um, maybe maybe it's a sign of the entire season we're just gonna it's just gonna keep going down hopefully it'll pick up we'll see yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're coming up on some good episodes next. Yeah. Well, what? We got Casey Jones. Shredhead. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't even gotten to Casey Jones yet. So. No, yeah, we're Casey getting, Jones we're is going to be in about a month or two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, don't, don't bring us down. Just knock me out now and wake me up then. <laughs> but yeah, take me, take me to your leader, like, and Donatello, like immediately spending half of the episode trying to figure out where east is yeah like oh man i wanted i wanted our boy to i wanted our boy to do good but he don't do good yeah right. anyway <laughs> let's, let's go to I, news but he, i kind of wanted mikey to to like because mikey has like that one part like they're like oh mikey you figured it out and he's like yeah i am the leader and I don't remember them voting him leader at that point. He was just I the last one left. Yeah. He was the last yeah. one left, so he just he just took it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was that was a good pick. But yeah, that's all I got. All right, then let's let's do some news. This is April O'Neil of Channel Six. It's been a. It's been a pretty big week for news. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so starting off, uh, E3 was this past week. Uh, if you didn't catch that, um, we didn't get any news on Shredder's Revenge, unfortunately, but we did get the announcement that the Turtles are going to be in the Smash Brothers-esque 2D game, Brawlhalla, which, which 
Uh, if you guys are playing, it, have ever seen, it is free to play. You do have to buy characters, though, so the turtles are not free in the game. Yeah. yeah the game is free to play, but the turtles themselves are not. Yeah, I felt really stupid because I had never played it, so I downloaded it last night. I was like, I'm going to play as the turtles. and got in there. I was like, what was I thinking? Of course, you have to buy them. <laughs> like. <laughs> but they look cool they look cool and brawlhalla is actually a pretty cool game um i haven't played it in a few years and now i'm kind of interested to uh pick it back up and check it out yeah i play it pretty off and on you know i'll, I'll play it for a little bit and then not touch it for you know like six months to a year and then play it again <laughs> for a little while I enjoy it. I'm, I was looking at what Michelangelo's loadout is for a picture someone sent. I still need to actually get on and, and check it out. But if he's got gauntlets and a sword, he might be like a premium skin for Val, and Val is my main. So I'm pretty excited about that if that's the case. There you go. I did kind of look at their weapons. Like they have their standard weapons, and then I think uh, Leo has Casey's hockey stick as well. And uh, Donatello has like, like his stick, but with a Mauser head on the end of it, which is kind of cool. Huh. I forget what Raphael had. Oh, he might have like cool. Shuriken or something. I actually didn't see that. So yeah, yeah, I saw the hockey stick thing, but I haven't seen the Mauser head thing. I, I can appreciate that. That's pretty neat. It's just like it's like the severed top of the head, so it like looks like a like a spay or like a garden hoe or something. Mm. You know, it's huh. pretty cool. That is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh, in other news, um, big toy week, uh, we saw um, The Loyal Subjects is a uh, toy company, kind of like NECA, but a little bit smaller. Uh, they have a line of figures called the Best Actions, B-E-S-T-A-X-N um, action figures, and they're about five inch scale. Um, we saw a couple months ago some digital renders of the Turtles figures that they're making, um, which looked very reminiscent of the SH Figure Arts Ninja Turtles from a few years ago. Uh, we finally got in-box shots of the final figures, um, which means that these should be hitting relatively soon. Um, I believe Walmart gets these first, and they're about $15 each. Um, so if you guys haven't picked up the Figure Arts figures um, back then, they're very expensive now. Um, these might be worth checking out if you really liked those sculpts. Uh, I personally think they're not bad looking um, because I also like the figure arts figures, but these also have a couple changes that I think are better. And I would actually like to see other toy companies that do turtles figures make. Um, one thing I can tell in the box picture is the way they do the elbow joints. Uh, so NECA and super seven, will sculpt the elbow pad all the way around the elbow joint so even so if they give a character like a double elbow you can only really get it to about 90 degrees because that uh that elbow pad kind of blocks the joint yeah um and it, even even if your elbow even if they sculpt these with a single joint it really kind of limits how you know how much of a bend that has but on these best action figures uh, the elbow joint is the whole elbow pad, color and all. So that connects the top part and the bottom part of the arm. So uh, there's nothing there to block that double joint. So I'm actually kind of interested in 
seeing what these look like in hand, I really actually would like to pick them up. And if you guys want to see them, we posted them over on our Facebook page, um, shared it across a couple other of the big turtle groups on Facebook. I'll be honest. I'm just kind of excited to have a turtle's toy. That's not like 50 to $120. <laughs> so and hopefully, <laughs> and hopefully not up. super hard to find. Yeah. You know? uh, so it all depends on your Walmart. Like I said, these do come to Walmart first. Um, so not uh, too sure when though unfortunately they come with uh, another, kind of a variety of accessories too like a, i think they have a second head and like it's their weapons the, and a couple of other things it's actually pretty much everything that this sh figure arts figures came with mm, cool um even even down to the way the um belts on the back have different parts that you could pull off and like put the parts that store their weapons on it so you, you could either have flat animation accurate belts or you can have like belts that have you know little slots for the swords inside and stuff cool so uh in other news uh wonder festival uh, i believe over in uh china is just happened over the past weekend and wonder festival if you don't know is a big trade show for a lot of um a lot of japanese and chinese companies showing off more toy designs and statues uh, I personally love Wonder Festival because uh, I get to look at, you know, all the new Nendoroids and stuff. Um, and we actually got a sneak peek of th these little turtle transformer figures. Uh, I couldn't find a whole lot of information about them, but they basically are like little uh, transforming turtle robot blocks. Like they turn <laughs> into a little cube. <laughs> Which is adorable because I've always is, wanted which is tiny adorable. little cubes to carry around that pull uh, out into turtles. And then uh, you can combine all four turtles to kind of make like a turtle van. Oh, what? Yeah. Uh, so this one I didn't actually post on our Facebook page because I couldn't find a whole lot of information about it. Um, and I don't like to post stuff without having facts. So, um, But as more information comes out about those, I would love to post more. Um, they are pretty neat. Um, I think they are by a company called Mega uh, Mega Box. Doesn't hmm. like Mega Blocks. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. I just looked up and my friend sent me the exact info I was looking for. <laughs> so it's a company called Fifty Two Toys, Mega Box, and Fantasy Box. Um, so that is what they were showing off. Uh, I think they look really cool. Um, I, I've seen similar figures of these. They are about, I want to say they're about three inches tall. They're very small. If these are the same kind of figures. Hmm. Cool. Uh, so definitely these will be hitting up uh, our Facebook page. If you guys want to check those out, um, there's a lot of cool pictures in the link that I'm going to be posting. Uh, I, I personally would like these. They, and then they look fully posable. Like, you know, I can see what looks like double knees, single elbows. I think I know you could combine them into like the turtle saint from the. Uh, yeah, that, that would be cool. I guess I can't have everything. You, you know? can't let's have just, everything. Let's just get a dubbed version or at least like a reproduced version of that, you know, in some way. Have you, you watched know? it? It's, it's on. I, have. I found it's it on a, YouTube. Yeah. It's the only way to watch it. You know, there's, there's, 
there's no other way to find it. I think. Yeah, I didn't Nick's, think it was that Nick's bad, never honestly. Nick's never gonna re-release that. Well, it might be one of those things that still is like owned by Lionsgate or whatever as well, since yeah. it might technically be a part of the '87 series. True. Who knows how you know what rights things those are tied up? Yeah, in. maybe, maybe. Who knows? That's the thing is like I wish I wish we had more transparency in like what they can do. Yeah. You know, that, that's that's one of the bummers of being in this fandom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I hate having to speculate about what I can and cannot be mad about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but then again, like this, this, you know, this franchise isn't for older people all the time. Like it's primarily a kid's franchise and I get it. Like kids don't need to know the inside baseball stuff, but like older fans, like we're not stupid. Mm-hmm. You know? So speaking of not being stupid and for kids, uh, Kevin Eastman, uh, in a partnership with uh, Prospect 100 and Nickelodeon this week, announced that they're doing a global design competition for the Ninja Turtles. So uh, you can head on over to prospect100.com to enter. Uh, they basically are asking you to redesign the Ninja Turtles in your own style and then submit it. Uh, and you, there's prize money involved. Yeah. Uh, there's a judging panel, including Kevin Eastman. Uh, des- uh, picking the best design, I think it was like seven thousand dollars. Was the was yeah the seven thousand dollars was the total prize money, which is uh, you know, not not <laughs> not nothing. Um, you uh, only thing is you have to be under twenty five to enter. And didn't they also say that like the top one would be made into like figures or something like that? The I didn't. I didn't see that, but that is actually pretty cool if that's true. If that's okay, now I need to now I need to double check it. What I did see though, and what I have kind of been complaining about, um, is that Nickelodeon and Viacom, by entering this competition, whoever enters this competition and submits their designs, are fully giving ownership of those designs to Nickelodeon and Viacom. Yeah. And I understand that this is a standard thing in competitions like this. You know, you are drawing trademarked characters and copyrighted characters. So it is fully, fully within their rights to own the designs that you're doing. However, the fact that they get to own those designs and basically kind of keep them in their back pocket means that they can use those designs for anything in the future and not compensate you for your work. Yes. And that is what I don't agree with. And it's, it, this has nothing to do with Kevin Eastman. This has nothing to do with even Nickelodeon. Like I said, this is a standard thing in competitions like these, but I wish it wasn't a standard thing. I wish that they didn't own your design if you lose or like two years down the line, if they decide to like make a turtle show based off of my design, you know, hypothetically. Says the winner gets $7,000 and will have their design released as an official merchandise collaboration with the turtles. So I don't, I don't know. I don't think think figures, but I, but that screams t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Screams t-shirt hoodie hat, something like that. Um, which again isn't bad and I hope whoever wins you know I, I wish everybody who enters this good luck uh, I want everybody to understand that very very bold print in fact when this was first announced that is exactly what I went into the rules to go look for 
was to see if they were doing this. Mm -hmm. And it is actually very hard to find it. It was very much hidden. You had to, I had to go through like five different pages to get down to these competition rules. Do you guys think you could get enough mutagen out of me so that I could pass for 25? <laughs> we, we remutated you far too Yeah. Much. Okay. Damn. If it makes you feel better, I could enter. In fact, if you want to just like give your designs to me and I'll God. enter for you and your That's name, right. you know. You'll, you know uh, what? I hate how young you are. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Like I said, uh, again, I have nothing against Kevin Eastman, nothing against even Nick. I just, mm -hmm. I hate, I just feel so scummy. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, yeah. I wish that wasn't the case, but it's it, like, like I said, for now. fully within their rights to, to own, you know, your work of their characters. Yeah. 100% that is fully legal. I just don't like the fact that they could hang on to that design and then like two years later publish it mm -hmm. and then you, and then you don't get any credit. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, if there's one thing this fandom at least loves, it's redesigns until they're actually, like, implemented <laughs> in a show or a movie. Yeah. yeah. People love fan art redesigns. And right. Then, uh... Do they? Yeah. But like, if you give them three toes, like oh, my God. Uh, they don't know. They only like fan art when the turtles are killing somebody. It, I guess it depends on which group you're. Yeah. It really, yeah, it really depends. Yeah. Um, I've already, I've already seen people like, ugh, only under 25. What kind of woke bullshit is this going to be? I was like, guys, come on. Come on, guys. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I have no idea why there is an age limit on it. That It is kind of weird to me that there's an age limit on it, I guess. I think what's weird is that the age limit is so high. Yeah, like it's high, like 16-year-olds. Like, yeah. But then like, at the same time, like it stops at 25, like. Yeah, like it seems really weird. Maybe maybe they want to see, yeah, I guess maybe they want to see what like the younger-ish generation is. Uh, and I've seen that. Into. I've seen I don't know. I've seen a lot of people like speculating that oh, like this could be uh, you know, this could be them trying to fish designs for the next like Turtles cartoon. And it's like, yeah, maybe. I don't think that the winner is going to be the one that designs the next cartoon, but I think they'll look at a trend. Mm -hmm. And you know, if like you know, out of a hundred entrants, seventy people draw Donatello with goggles. They're gonna be like, okay, yeah, the goggles are here to stay on Donatello. Yeah. You know, I, I think they're gonna look for trends like that. Yeah. But I, I think I think it's cool that Kevin Eastman is also being a part of this and like actually being one of the judges. Mm -hmm. so. That's cool. Anyway, if you guys are going to enter, you have until July 8th to enter. Um, that Again, that was prospect100.com. And uh, good luck. Cool. All Any right. other news we got this week? I'm pretty sure that's it. I think we just got awesome. it all. So what are we doing next week then, Spencer? Next week, we are going to be uh, going over issues 27, 28, and 29 from volume one of the mirage series so we're still in the oh. guest era we're just going to be hitting into the 19 in the year 1990 so this yeah. is, we're going to be heading up into the same year the movie came out so this is dreams of stone which is a michael dooney production with a complete carnage and radical michael stone's, dooney joint 
Yeah, Sons of the Silent Age, which is uh, Steve Murphy's first writing credit. Steve then, Murphy joint? Yeah, and then uh, A.C. Farley's Men of Shadow, which if you haven't seen A.C. Farley's art, uh, I love it personally. I do too. Uh, I think you should check it out. Yeah, I love some A.C. Farley turtles. Yeah, I, I don't remember this uh, issue. Like, I, I have no idea what happened in it, so I'm excited to read it again. Yeah, I... Oh yeah, I know. I don't remember which one this one is. It's it's one of those ones that like I was on the fence about including it or not, and just decided to include it anyway. Decided we could. Well, that arch is so good. You got to right? exactly, and we, we could probably fight <laughs> it enough to include it. So that's our show this week. Please go and like and follow us on our social media pages. Hey guys, if you uh, like the show, let us know what you think about it somewhere on the internet by hitting up Ninja Turtle PH on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I saw Keith was doing a read along today on Instagram. That was kind of fun. Oh, I oh thank that. you. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I just kind of got bored and thought it would be yeah, fun. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. So, uh, definitely, definitely uh, hit us up. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, tell your friends about it. Leave a review if you are able to on the podcasting app of your choice. Um, and yeah, we love you guys. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, we appreciate everybody that listens to the show and you know likes all the posts that we make and interacts with with everything that we do because um, we you know honestly we do this because we love it but we also do it because we feel like you guys like what we do too so yeah that really love. that really helps mm-hmm. well, yeah we we i mean i definitely you know part of it was just wanting to kind of build a community in a place where like all ninja turtle fans could could talk and and kind of understand each other's point of view and yeah get along like you know and we want to create that fun safe space where all turtle fans are welcome there you know and you know there's no 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 hating on any particular version you know even next mutation fans are welcome well yeah and i mean for me it's one of those things where like i just like to make sure that like it's okay to like have your criticisms and say why you don't like versions but at the same time like be respectful of, of people exactly. that, that don't like the same things you do. Exactly. And that's what we do, I feel like, here on the show, you know? Like, I may not be the biggest fan of this series, but, like, you know, like the 87 series, but, you know, Keith can get really enthusiastic about, you know, some things, and, and so can you, Mike. <laughs> and and so, like, it kind of helps bring in that, back in that love for it. Because I knew yeah, I was... So it's nice to have another perspective. I can't yeah. wait to meet somebody that likes 2003. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Got two right here. Don't worry. We'll, <laughs> we'll coach you, bud. It's all right. Oh, Keith, I didn't catch you up. So on my Turtle 2003 rewatch, uh, I actually took a week off. I have not been able to sit down and keep going. Mm. Uh, I'm going to change that this weekend. I believe I'm on episode five. Okay. Is that so, where they're getting to having the invisible foot soldiers? I feel like that's soon. I vaguely okay. remember that. I do love the foot tech ninjas and I love their I, yeah, ninja. the foot tech ninja. Cool. That's what they were called. Yeah. Yes. I feel like cool. I'm getting to that soon. So definitely awesome. I'll have something to talk about next week. Perfect. Cool. Well then, that's our show. Until next time. Cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. Swords are made of metal.
do you uh do you pull this out of a hat right beforehand or do you have it I, locked and loaded i when i was watching it um <laughs> when i was watching the episode earlier it was like rapid fire like there was like three quotes in a row that i was like it's like this is gonna be the one no this is gonna be the one and then swords are made out of metal yeah <laughs> it was so stupid but uh what was it uh i think it was um hang on i gotta find the swords made out of metal i don't remember (laughs) (laughs) but no i i'd been sitting on that one for a while so i like i knew i knew i knew a couple hours ago cool 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 that is a window into the process and we're also already getting close to the next Rick Veach issue. I was looking at that. I actually like uh, Sky Highway. Yeah, you know, of the of the two that he did for volume one, I thought uh, Sky Highway was the better of the two uh, yeah. between the river and that one. The river is good. I think like, I know you guys talked about this at length last mm-hmm. week. It was it was great. I It was nice to like look forward to listening to you two talk about it. Like Tuesday morning, I was like, I gotta listen right now. But uh, I really think that's one of those stories where like the sum is greater than the parts. Like each issue, I have like really big issues with something yeah. in it. Uh-huh. But the first one, it's Raphael, like how he's like the most immature and most uh, the weakest of the students and all this other stuff. The second yeah. one, it's like a, a bloodsucker traps his turtles under trees in the bottom of a river of a riverbed, and he's like, okay. I'm leaving now. <laughs> he just yeah, like takes it's off. It's a little, you know? it's weird. <laughs> yeah. And the third one, it's like uh, they, they dump so much stuff on you so quick. It's like the man in the river came from dinosaur times and technology and all this. Yeah. It, it goes way too fast. But I, every time I read it, I like it a little bit more. So mm-hmm. I do kind of like the reveal that Abenak is not necessarily the hero. He's just like on the side of the river. Like he was yeah. kind of manipulating them the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. But yeah, Sky Highway, I feel like it just, I don't know. It's just like a, a single kind of wacky out there story that like, okay, but still feels like it, you know, you could pull it off very loosely, but still pull it off in the Turtles universe. Yeah. I got to finish messing with my Turtles in Disguise figures. I've only taken Leo out so far. Because I haven't, I don't, I haven't had time to like do the NECA bath, you know, put them in hot water to loosen the joints and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm really worried about like breaking it because if like these break, it's like I can't really replace them. Right. <laughs> so, but like I've been messing around with Leo because he's the only one that I actually took apart. Mm-hmm. And like I genuinely like these. Like these are, these are good figures. I'm just deathly afraid of you know, them breaking because NECA's stupid. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I haven't touched my, like, the, the very first ones that NECA made, the, like, original Turtles. Mm, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't reposed them in, like, it's got to be, like, six years now or something. Like, they've been in the same pose the entire time. But Yeah, same. Like, mine have been in the same pose for over 10 years. And, like, yeah, like, at this point... I finally was able to put Raph's side between his fingers. Oh, I broke both the sides doing that, man. <laughs> I, I was scared for years that I was going to do it. 
And then I was just finally like, you know what? If I, if these break, I'll buy the bootleg hand or something mm-hmm. and replace them with that. Nice. Um, and thankfully they went in. Okay. Um, and they're never going to come out. Perfect. So nice. But apparently they're going to, uh, NECA said they're going to do new versions of the turtles. I don't, they didn't say like whose style they were going to be because like the original ones are like very early Kevin Eastman, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The white yeah, issue one. Yeah, yeah. Like very like, issue one. Very issue, like very issue one. Um, and like, as, as we've seen, like Kevin and Peter styles have both evolved over the few years that they've been doing this. So I actually asked like Randy and people on, uh, twitter i was like who would you want to see in a style like would you want to see another kevin eastman would you want to see more peter laird um and then i picked uh jim lawson and michael dooney i'm like personally i would love dooney turtles yeah nice and nice and thin with the big arms yeah yeah um (laughs) see those guys try to retract all their limbs right yeah um (laughs) But even even like a set of like Peter like turtles would be really cool. Yeah, kind of um, mushy. So I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know I don't know who they would pick. Want we'll to wait and see. Speaking of uh, Michael Dooney, who wants uh, his book next week? Uh, I got no clue about these, but I'll I'll take I'll take the Dooney. All right, Spence, what do you want? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, I'll take I'll take. Silent Age, Sons of the Silent Age. Cool. I will do Minnow Shadow. All right. And that is which episodes again? Or which? 27, 28, 29. Yeah. Have you guys seen Ben Bishop's newest shirt that he just like dropped that he has for sale? It's a Shredder one called Shredhead. No. No. But Man. Kevin put up that uh, that Turtle Pride picture as a oh, shirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw um, that one too. I, I was gonna I was gonna throw it in news, but by the time this episode goes up, um, oh, you know what? It 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 goes. It's up until next Friday. Well, it's it's kind of no next Wednesday. Around, it's up till next when it's up till next Wednesday. So if they listen to this on Tuesday, the shirt will, you know. Yeah, we're talking about it now at least, right? Yeah. Well, okay, guys, if you're still listening to the bonus content, head on over to KevinEastmanStudios.com where you can pick up the fantastic Pride Ninja Turtles uh, sketch as a t-shirt. Uh, 10% of the proceeds go to the Trevor Project. Yeah. Awesome. And then yeah. I'm, picking up, I'm picking up mine because I was one of those people that was like, Kevin, I would love this on a shirt. And he heard me and he answered me. So. Yeah. No, I mean, the thing is, like, even even if you, like, you know, want, like, a different shirt from Kevin Easton's website, they all come with, like, stickers and things like that as well. Mm. Like, they come with them and things. But, I mean, that one specifically, yeah, like, you know, donates to charity and things, and that's that's really cool. But I will say that he also has other cool shirts on that website as well that come with stickers of oh, the yeah. design on the shirt with his art. I just, I just think it's cool, like, no, like – Turtles is a brand. I think I talked about this last week. Like Turtles is a brand, like has never really done anything for Pride. Not that there's anything really, you know, that they can do or like you know that they would do because Nickelodeon is just kind of like that. Um, and so, like, for Kevin to kind of come out of nowhere and be like, "Hey, here's a sketch I did," 
you know, happy pride month. And it's like, what? I was just, I was, I was in shock. I'm still kind of in shock. And then like, he put it on a shirt too. I just think that's so cool. Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm going to jump off here. It's getting a little late. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely getting late. <laughs> Same here. All right, guys. All right. Talk to you later. Talk yeah. To you later. Talk to you next week. Bye. Take care. Take care.